0: good evening good evening good evening good evening everyone how are you all doing today amen thank you it's great to have some live audience praise god for your life thank you all for coming i think we're gonna have an exciting time this this evening i'm really excited about this uh study series i think it's gonna be really really wonderful uh thank you all for coming Amen and amen. To our folks joining us online, God bless you. I wish more of you can be here. I think it will even be much more exciting. So hopefully we can get some of you to get off your couch and join us a little bit and join us next week. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. God bless. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You are our teacher. The Bible says you will teach us all things. Scripture says we have an anointing from the Holy one and we know all things. And the anointing that we have received teaches us. So we invite you to teach us. Enlighten our heart. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open our eyes, open our minds, help us to understand your intent, your heart, your mind, and the intent of the Holy Spirit. When you know that he's behind these words, penned thousands of years ago, bringing my life to us. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed amen all right so we are starting a, a bible study series uh, we are going to actually we're going to study the old book of james uh and we are going to do it in 10 weeks so we're going to spend 10 weeks studying five chapters uh so that's what we're going to do and we have broken them down uh, if you have an outline you sure have an outline all right and for those of you joining us online If you don't have an outline, just go to the website, alfc.org. It's right there, somewhere at the bottom. You are able to at least open it up, print it out, or at least have it on your screen. uh, So you know. Now, I put it there so you know what is coming. So I'm hoping at least maybe take a picture of this. uh, If you are here, and this, you know what we are studying. I think it's richer when everybody can at least take some time to read that passage. Before we come, uh, I think that's, that will make it very, very enriching. So we're, we've broken them down, uh, you know, according to uh, what is written in there by date, you know, and, you know, we have the passages in there. October the 19th. Yes. So, so, you know, next week we're going to do, you know, the first 18 verses of chapter one. Today's an overview. We're going to try to give a little bit of overview and background. Mm-hmm around the book of James, and I think knowing that, I think, helps a lot. Uh, It helps, you know, as you read, uh, you know the background, the audience. I think it puts you almost on location, you know, and I think it helps with understanding what is going on. So that's what we're going to do today, uh, is overview of the book. So you're going to help me read a number of scriptures, so I will kind of, you know, prompt you when we get there. Uh, but we're going to start with uh, what, what I call summary of the book of James. The book of James has been called the Proverbs of the New Testament. Some people call the book of James the Proverbs of the New Testament. It kind of sounds like that. It has that same feel of the book of Proverbs. It's a very practical book. Some people call it the application of the Sermon on the mount. It also mirrors some of these, you know, things Jesus said on the Sermon of the mount. You know, I'll call it, a, you know, a guidebook of, for the Christian life. Uh, it's a very quick book. Uh, it is very direct. It is very simple. It is very practical. Uh, you know, that's one thing about the book. It is unlike many of the other books uh, we have, uh, that were written by Paul. So many of the books written by Paul, you can actually divide them into doctrina and application what we call the kerygma and the dedicate you know you will see if you read the book of colossians for example the first three chapters really is the kerygma it's talking about what jesus did for us you've been risen with christ you are seated with christ that is more kerygma that is really talking about the doctrine is making a lot of doctrinal statements then if you read Colossians, for example from chapter four it switches to how you should live. And it's says, seeing that you have risen with Christ, you should walk in wisdom to people, you should do this, don't do this to one another. So almost all epistles are kind of divided that way. So it's good to know some of these things, it helps you. So James is really a book that is dedicated. It didn't really get a lot into the charisma, which is the gospel message itself, Uh, It is really a, 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 it's more of a dedicate. you know, just giving practical application and instruction. So it's a very, very simple book. It's very direct. It's simple. It's practical. And it's filled with a lot of valuable information that is teaching us how to live and conduct ourselves in different circumstances. It takes different circumstances of life. It talks about wisdom. It talks about speech. It talks about anger. It talks about humility. He addresses, you know, even talk about taming our tongue. Uh, He addresses different aspects of life, and I think that's why it's very different. He has his own different flavor. Amen. So over the next ten weeks, we're going to take them, you know, chunk by chunk. So we've kind of really grouped them based on, you know, how they are kind of structured. And we're going to really go through them. I will do the first two. There are other ministers that will come. But I really want all of us to seize this to really study the book of James. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, quoting from James himself, chapter 1, verse 21, he said, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save our souls or save your soul. So I'm praying that we will receive the word as they are being planted in our hearts and they will bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Our audience online, if you can kind of say something to make us know you are there. If you are, if you, are you know, so you're not watching, you're participating. Uh, I will come back every once in a while to check. Uh, your comments, uh, and things like that, uh, you know. How many people have read the book of James before? At least you've read some passages in the book of James or the old book. What is your impression of the book of James, you know, personally? What do you, you know, anybody wants to share what their impression is about the book of James? Uh, I actually can...
1: like, liken it to the book of uh, Proverbs. Mm-hmm. But just like what you said, it's a book that's filled, you know, with wisdom. And an aspect that really stands out to me is about when I was talking about the tongue. Because this is something that's really, really practical. And it's something we have to guard against every day. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. Any other person? You've read the book of James. What's your impression? Or do you have a f- favorite verse or some verse that you like in the book of James? Anybody? Anyone? I need one more person. All right. Pastor Hebe has something to say. Pastor Hebe saves the day. Uh, for me, <laughs> there's, there's many parts of the, of the book of James
2: that I love. But I think the very first verse where he introduces himself, and he calls him uh, himself, he refers to himself, not as the pastor of Jerusalem, not as the half-brother of Christ, not as an authority within the church, but he calls himself a bond servant, a slave, a slave of Jesus Christ. Mm.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. He's a very, very, very interesting book. Uh, And I think uh, to kind of piggyback on that, we're going to go into who is James. All right. Now, let's read the first verse. Uh, anyone wants to read the first verse of the book of James? If you can read it in the New King James Version, uh, I would like that. The New King James Version. Anyone wants to read? James 1.1. I think that should be easy. At least someone should read it and get it out of the way, right? Well, it
3: says, James, a bond servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings.
0: Okay. So it's one of those books that the author makes it very easy for us to know who he is, right? So he starts the book simply by introducing himself. Now, so that, has, that begs the question, so who is James? You know, you know. Now, knowing that this is 2,000 years ago, right, these were collated, these were really researched, these were based on manuscripts, Uh, so, you know, the the early fathers, uh, you know, because scriptures, they began to gather many of these scriptures around 300, you know, uh, AD, all right, that's when they really began to really gather all these writings, Uh, so they had to authenticate many of them. Uh, and it you know it took a while to be able to so they had to authenticate them so this is believed to be James the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ all right so that's you know is uh, so Jesus has a bunch of brothers all right I think maybe maybe someone can someone read Matthew. Thirteen fifty-five, Matthew thirteen fifty-five. If someone can also open John seven two to five, but Matthew thirteen fifty-five, is anyone there? If you're there, just raise up your hand and you can help us. Uh, Matthew
2: thirteen uh, verse fifty-five, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brothers James? Joseph, Simon, and Judah. uh, Judas.
0: Okay, so these are brothers of Jesus Christ. Not Judas Iscariot. Judas is actually was actually a very popular name. James was a very popular name. Actually, there, you know, a lot of names were very very popular in those days. Uh, So, uh, I think very interesting. So, James, one of the brothers of Jesus, was James. Uh, So, this is the one. He ended up actually, you know, he started by not believing in Jesus himself, which is why your statement is very important, and which is why John 7, 2 to 5, if anyone wants to read. John 7, 2 to 5. Did anyone open that? All right. You're going to help me read today, so please, uh, I'm going to have someone open. Okay, so I'm going to assign people. Michael, you're going to open 1 Corinthians fifteen seven. All right. Follow you read Galatians two nine. I want uh, uh, Emmanuel Galatians one nineteen. Myowa Act twenty one eighteen. All right. Then uh, uh, who else hasn't read? All right. Uh, Toby, you're gonna read uh, Acts twenty. Act twelve seventeen. All right, let's, you know, so let's go on to John 7, 2 to 5.
3: We're taking KJV?
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, and it reads, now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, depart hence and go into Judah, that thy disciples also may see the work that thou doest. Oh,
0: you're reading King James Version. Oh. I want the new King James Version. Oh, I'm not trying to go very old on you. <laughs> wow, I'm like, really? What happened? <laughs> the new King James Version. I'm okay, sorry.
3: So now the Jews' feast of Tabernacle was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judah, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him.
0: So they were saying all that, but they didn't believe in him. They were saying, go show yourself to your disciples. They were being sarcastic. So that was, you know, the, the brothers of Jesus. So James started his life not really believing. I mean, it's kind of hard to have Jesus as your brother, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, you're kind of really going to have some resentment a little bit. So, so, so they didn't believe, but he ended up being a very powerful person. He ended up being one of the leaders uh, in the Bible. Uh, so it's believed that this is uh, that James. You know, there are four James. The reason why that is important is there are four James. So to kind of get, to let you know how the early fathers really, really walk back there. This is just to give you a taste. It was a little more than that. But there were four Jameses in the Bible, all right? There were four. The the first one is one of the disciples, right? Uh, You know, there was one of the disciples called James. There was actually two of them, but there were actually two two disciples called James. But there's one of the 12 disciples uh, who is Apostle James. So they ruled it out, it couldn't have been him because he died in AD 44. He was, he was stoned. No, he was, he was killed by Herod, right? He was in prison and he was killed by Herod. Uh, that was what, you know, before Peter was in prison. So that was that James. So the date of this book means that he couldn't have written the book, all right? And in fact, nobody has written any book as at that time, as at the time he died, AD 44. So he hasn't, he hasn't even done much to be able to write a book, all right? The other two Jameses, uh, there's one called uh, the son of Apheos, which is another disciple. So there were two disciples called James, all right? And there's another one, James, who is the father of Judas Thaddeus, not Judas Iscariot, because there were actually two Judases. <laughs> in the disciples of Jesus Christ, so it's kind of like if you go to a Jewish temple and you say Judas, there's probably going to be four guys that's going to say yes because it was a very very common name, uh, kind of like James. So, so there are, so there are two others. So they ruled out these people that they, it's not them uh, because the other two didn't have the stature and the influence that was portrayed in this book. This book is a book written by someone that has great influence because it was actually written to all the Christians everywhere. And he wrote at someone who had an authority to do that. So everything kind of walked back to let us know that the writer, this James we're talking about is James, the brother of Jesus Christ. All right. So he was one of the several brothers, like we said. Uh, he didn't really believe in Christ at the beginning, but he rose up to be a prominent person. Now we're going to look at a few things about James. Let's look at a few things about him that was that. Number one, he was one of the select individuals Christ appeared to after resurrection. So who is reading 1 Corinthians 15, 7? Uh, he's going to read, all right? So I think you can just pass it. So let's read 1 Corinthians 15, 7.
4: 1 Corinthians 15, 7. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the
0: apostles. Yes. So you see, so you can give, you know. So you see, this is Paul now recounting about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. and as He was talking about Jesus rose. He was seen by this. And after that, he was seen by James, then the rest of the disciples. So James, you know, he, he appeared... After his resurrection, he was mentioned specifically as one of those people that Jesus appeared to. Hallelujah. So that's important. Another thing about James is Paul called James a pillar of the church. And we see that in Galatians 2.9, if you can read it.
5: And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the, right, the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised.
0: So he called them what? What did he call him again? Pillars. Pillars. You know, I mean, it's it's heavy when you call someone a pillar. All right. This is Paul now. In Galatians, Paul was giving a testimony about his salvation. Actually, Paul was defending his legitimacy as an apostle. So he talked about his story, how he met Jesus Christ. And he talked about, after that, I went to Jerusalem, and I met with the pillars. <laughs> All right? So you see that, you know, James was a, one of the pillars, right? A pillar in the church, in the early church. So very important. Also, on his first post-conversion visit to Jerusalem, he saw James. And I think that is mentioned, but we can read it again. Galatians 1.19.
6: Galatians 19. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother.
0: Wow. People say, look, <laughs> I didn't meet anybody, but I saw James, the Lord's brother. You know, so, so he tells you that he was revered. He was really, he was highly respected. Now, Paul did the same thing on his last visit to Jerusalem. That is before he was arrested and he never returned. He was arrested, sent to Rome, and from what we know in the pages of Scripture, he never returned you know, before he was, uh, he was killed or murdered. So we're going to read uh, Acts 21, 18. On the
2: following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the, and all the elders were present.
0: Mm-hmm. So a lot of people actually believe that James was probably the head of the church in Jerusalem. It's disputable. Uh, people believe it's Peter. Uh, so there are two schools of thought. Some believe it's Peter. It's most likely Peter. Jesus made Peter uh, the head of the church. But I think that James seemed to have played a role that somewhat distinguished him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. This is an example where he said, James was there and all the elders. So it was James and the rest. Uh, maybe it's because Peter wasn't around, <laughs> or maybe James was an elder of elder. Uh, you know, there's something there. But James was a very, very important figure in the early church. All right, so we're going to move on uh, to Acts 15. Okay, Act 12:17. Act 12, 17. So who is reading fifteen thirteen? Okay, so I'm going to assign somebody to read fifteen thirteen. 13. Uh, okay, you're going to read Act fifteen thirteen, 13. And uh, all right. Okay, and I need someone to read Jude 1, 1. But uh, Sister Tony, you, you can read Jude. Jude is one chapter, uh, verse one. All right, but I'll get to you. All right, so let's read Act 12, 17, right?
6: Acts twelve seventeen. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place.
0: So this is Peter now. So Peter was in prison. So the hear Peter was in prison. If to give you a background, Peter was arrested, he's in he was in prison. And the church was praying for him. How many of us remember that story? The church was praying for him. And the angel angel comes, right, rescues him. And he gets out. He goes to the house of, I think he knew. It's amazing. He just knows where to go. He knows that, I'm sure some people are praying, and I know where they are praying. It's funny, right? We just know these things in church. So he goes there. He met them praying. You know, a lot of dramatic things happened. And he told them what happened. Now, James wasn't there. Obviously, some sisters really were just praying. And he tells them everything. And he said, I want you to go tell James. I mean, that's, that tells you something about James. Go tell James. And Peter departed and went somewhere else. So something is, is, is emerging here about James. He's a very, very prominent person. Highly respected. Act 15, uh, we give you another thing. Act 15 from verse 13. We might have to read a few verses. Uh, I want you to read Act 15, verse 13. Is that yours? Start from 13.
7: When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Go ahead. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people of his name from the Gentiles.
0: Keep on going, I'll stop you. Okay.
4: okay.
7: The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as it is written After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. It ruins, I will rebuild, and I will restore it, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things, things known from long ago. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood.
0: Amen. Thank you. Now, I'll give you a little background to what is going on here. So, there's a serious controversy that is happening here. All right, serious controversy about circumcision, about uh, Gentiles, really, because before now, Christianity was really another sect of Judaism, all right, pretty much. I mean, everybody that is a Christian is Jew. They met in the temple like another house fellowship, you know, like, you know, that's kind of how they they are kind of like their own group within the larger temple, everybody. So they all practice Judaism like every other person they all they now do something extra which is which is which is which is talking about Jesus right so they are doing their life and uh, then the prop so they never had problem for years actually they didn't really have much problem until about AD 49 what is going on here happens AD 49 now at this point gentiles begins to come to Christ i mean in a very major way real gentiles now Before, there were a lot of Gentiles that got saved, but those Gentiles have already converted to Judaism first. So they were all already kind of circumcised Gentiles. So they call them proselytes, or they call them all kinds of names. But at this point, we now begin to have real, real out there Gentiles, uncircumcised, you know, pork eating, (laughs) real hardcore Gentiles. Now, I think that was too much for people to handle. That was kind of like too much. Paul was one of the proponents of, look, this is not a big deal. I mean, Jesus does not have them to circumcise. They don't have to live like Jewish people. Christianity is actually separate, you know. So now this became a huge controversy. Some believers say no, you know. Then they decided, and this controversy was going on outside of Jerusalem, all right, in the mission field, outside of Jerusalem in Antioch. Antioch was a Greek place. Uh, You know, so then they decided to go to Jerusalem to settle the matter because they couldn't resolve it. So they decided to go to Jerusalem. So they at Jerusalem. Paul, Barnabas, and some of the other guys went there and presented it and the council, all the elders gathered together to try to resolve this issue. Then, and they, and they, they spoke And the last person to speak was James, all right? James was the spokesperson for the council, all right, where they actually issue what we decide. So it tells you that James is very, very powerful, very, very powerful person, you know. So uh, I think I'm going to skip a little bit because of time. Okay, let's read. Jude could also identify himself as simply brother of James. Somebody wants to read uh, Jude 1.1. Okay, Sister Tony, you're supposed to read that. Uh. Jude,
1: the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are satisfied by God the Father and preserved
0: in Jesus Christ. Amen. God. So Jude is another brother of Jesus Christ. <laughs> And, you know, he's one of the other brothers. I mean, so now he's writing the book. He has to use James to identify himself. He didn't even say his last name. You know, that tells you how powerful James, how well-known James is. So I just have to say, I am the brother of James, and he opens the door, right? So everybody knows James. Now, so it is believed that James himself was killed, was murdered, uh, AD 62 or AD 69. Right? They're kind of different, you know... Those historical accounts can be, you know, this is, people have to go back to really figure out out. Uh, he was stoned to death by the Pharisees on the order of high priest Anos Ben Anos. All right? That's historical. Uh, if you even go on Wikipedia and type Anos Ben Anos, all right, you will find that uh, one of the things he's known for was to order the execution of James, <laughs> the brother of Jesus Christ. And he was stoned to death. So, so this is James who writes the book. So so the book. I think the book is powerful. The book is important. The book must really be very, very, very important. Now, the next thing to talk about is when the book was written. It kind of has, you know, a place. Uh, some scholars date the letter to early A.D. 60. Some people believe that it was written around A.D. AD 60, all right? Obviously, he died... Uh, AD 62, if that was true, or AD 69, so somewhat some people date it to have been written around early AD 60s, but there are other people, and I think many people believe it was actually written much earlier, which I personally believe, Uh, and and I'll tell you why they believe that. So some people believe, many people believe it was written between AD 45 and 48, uh, because The council in Jerusalem, that people know that. Historically, we know that happened AD 49, this issue of circumcision, right? So the fact that James didn't bring that up might indicate that he wrote the book before that, because from AD 49, every conversation, that's why you see majority of the epistles, right, has something about circumcision in there. You know, because they were all written after that time. That controversy really became uh, the conversation that came across at every time. So, so that's, um, uh, you know, so that's one reason. There are other reasons where people believe that. Uh, number one, uh, the book is very Jewish in nature, quite a bit. In fact, it was written to a Jewish Christian, Right? If you look at, uh, can somebody read James 1.1? Again. James 1.1, who's going to read? All right. James, a
2: bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are
0: scattered abroad, greetings. Okay, so he kind of used a very Jewish language which before, after AD 49 wouldn't have been appropriate, right? Because AD 49 was when we said, now we are clearer. It is not just for the Jews, right? Everybody can be saved, non gentiles and they don't have to become Jewish, you know? So they, and they don't need to be circumcised. Because circumcision is like a conversion to Judaism. That's like baptism in Judaism, all right? So in those days, people can actually convert to be a, a Jewish person. You just have to go through some rite, but the key is getting circumcised. So when he was writing this, it hasn't occurred to him. It hasn't been something that he thought about. And all of them missed it. You know, Jesus told them, you know, you will go into the, you know, go into the world, preach the gospel, Right? In Jerusalem, Judea, to the uttermost part of the earth, they took that to mean we're going to go to everywhere the Jewish, everywhere Jewish people were, because Jewish people were actually scattered all over the world. So they actually took it to mean this is going to be to you know they didn't be, they didn't think Christianity as something completely separate from Judaism. It's amazing that they they missed all that. So James, as at the time he was writing this also didn't have that in mind. That's why he could say to the 12th cri- uh, tribe scattered all over. So he will, in his mind, is writing to, uh, you know, Jewish people who are scattered all over the world. Now, so that means as at the time he was writing, the church was still very Jewish. So that put the date well, obviously, below AD 50. All right? Uh, there are so many other things there. There was no reference to the controversy of the circumcision because that started A.D. 49. It made no reference to that, so that makes us to know that this book is before A.D. 49, at least to to kind of get that sense. Hope you are following me. All right. Uh, he used some terms like the Greek term in James two two. Uh, he was talking about meeting in the synagogue. So, as at that time, he believed, you know, uh, James 2 2. Somebody wants to read James 2 2. I need someone to read James 2 2. All right? So, should I pick? Who, is, who has opened James? Okay, we have somebody now open.
6: For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and they should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes. Okay.
0: Now, that word translated assembly is just the same word, synagogue. Now, synagogue is where the Jewish people met. All right? Now, so I want you to picture he's writing to 12 tribes scattered all over the world. So his book was taken everywhere. All right? And not just in Jerusalem, scattered all over the world. So, And he's telling them when you gather in the temple. So he already assumed that. This temple is where they were meeting. You know, that changed after a while. In fact, by AD 50-something, completely changed. By AD 70, you couldn't even be Jewish and be Christian at the same time. It was completely severe at that point. All right? So it was completely, you know, you cannot. You know, so as at this time, it was still kind of like the same. So, all right, so that's where kind of you can say that this book was written around this time, all right? So the next thing we look at when you are trying to look at a book is who's the audience, all right? Who was it written to? I think we've covered that a little bit, right? Uh, It was covered in the the, recipients are identified explicitly In, you know, verse uh, 1. No, it's fine. I'm fine. Thank you. (laughs) All right. The recipients are identified. The 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Some believe that this expression refers to Christians in general. But the term 12 tribe will more naturally uh, apply to Jewish Christians. Many believe that these were believers from the early Jerusalem church who, after Stephen's death, was scattered as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and and Syrian Antioch, which we know, right? Uh, The believers became scattered. This happened in Acts chapter 8. All right? Acts chapter 8 is when Stephen was killed. He was stoned to death after his uh, powerful preaching. All right? Stephen was stoned to death, and persecution broke, all right? And the believers in Jerusalem ran. And the Bible said they were scattered everywhere. Maybe we should read that. Uh, you know, let's, let's try to go to Acts. Can somebody open the book of Acts for us?
7: And Saul approved of their killing him On that day... A great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowd heard Philip and saw the signs, So
0: that, let's stop there. Thank you very much. So so this was uh, what happened. At that point, believers were scattered everywhere. So a lot of people believe that James was writing to these people. All right? So James is the elder of the church, right? A revered person and really decide to write a letter that will be sent to everywhere that believers are gathered together. I mean, believers are. Uh, Of course, these are Jewish believers because they came from Jerusalem, right? And they are everywhere. So that seems to be what the people that James is targeting. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is why you can see that, you know, obviously, the book we will start next week you know kind of really made reference to a lot of trials right oppression all right you know, and he also wrote from a an authoritative point of view right He wrote from a an authority figure that they all knew, so he's writing because all these people must know the writer, must respect the writer they, they because he was a very tall figure in the early church, so you can see that, all right? As a leader in Jerusalem, he wrote as a pastor to instruct and encourage these dispersed people in the face of their difficulties, all right? So I'm gonna, you know, I think that's, uh, that is important. Now, I'll ask a question. Why do you think this background is important? Or how do you think this background, background that we've given will help you as you do you think this will make a difference as you read the book of james and how do you think this will affect you as you begin to read the book of james what we've covered today anyone wants to share our friends in the uh, online i'm going to come back to you you can type your response you know how do you think what we've covered so far as far as the summary the authorship the dates and the audience, how do you think that will affect you? Or do you think that will affect you as you begin to read the book of James? And how do you think it will affect you? Anybody wants to try? Oh, sister yeah. talks.
1: Yeah, so um, the book of James has always been one that I kind of like quickly rush through. It's an easy read. And like I said earlier, it's easy to apply to my daily life. But um, after what we just went through, it's making me to have to like, okay, I need to pay more attention because if Apostle Paul, who you know we ascribe a lot of you know respect to with, uh, in terms of his revelation and everything and we see how time and time again he will refer that he met with James you know and the other brethren, James and the other brethren, even um, Peter, when he came out of prison, was like, okay, tell James and the brethren Mm -hmm. so that means that like what you said he's not just I mean you know that he was an an apostle yes like the others but it looks like he was even more so so now reading it I need to pay more attention because of he was an authoritative figure so if others were giving him that respect I need to slow down and really pay attention to what he said
0: that's good all right, I have Paula here that wants to say something. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome.
5: Um, for me, I think knowing like the 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 um, environment that he sent the letter to, where the tri- the the tribes, the people were sort of scattered, they were persecuted. I think knowing the quality of the suffering, like what they were going through, and the the time for which he wrote that letter, helps me bring it back home to like maybe my situation or just understand that it was writing to people who were in some kind of pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps me at least. And then also having the sense of, you know, the meeting that had, that, that had not happened, I think you said 80, 40, um, with circumcised versus not circumcised,
0: mm-hmm.
5: would give me another eye of sort of having that perspective as I read his words. Because it sounds like something is going to happen later that would even have made this better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's good. good. Any other person want to share? How do you think this will impact you? Do you think this will impact your emotion? Do you think this will impact how you feel when you, when you, when you read the book?
6: Um, for me, I think it's, it's a summary into how to be a leader. How to lead in, uh, in wisdom and how to be how to, how to stand steadily in the face of tribulations and all. so I think that's how I feel it's going to open up uh, into uh, the Book of
0: James. So what we know now about the book, the author, how do you think it will impact? You, as you read the book of James going forward. Okay, I think Maya has something to say. Uh, I personally enjoy like
2: researching the authors, especially since there's a lot of books where they don't tell you who the author is. Mm-hmm. You have to do a lot of digging. Um, the thing with the book of James is, it like you said, it comes from a place of authority but it also sort of beseeches the, the reader also to have a sense of authority or, or confidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's in James 1 where he specifically says not to waver in your faith or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Knowing how secure he is, knowing the things that he's seen, the fact that he was one of the, the first to see Jesus resurrected, and that is where his security lies in knowing for a certainty that. This is the Christ reaffirms the, ne- the necessity to also look at your faith from that same viewpoint that he does. That's good.
0: That is awesome. Thank you. All right. I need one more person to say something. Right, okay. We have, uh...
7: I, I want to also say that it teaches you how to respond when you're going through different things instead of giving up. You will also learn. I believe, like, this will help you to learn how to persevere, that you don't have to be so quick to be like, oh, this is just too much. Because this book talks about persevering, mm-hmm. pushing through when when it's hard, when it looks like the walls are tumbling tumbling down, that you, you be careful what you say. Like he said, stand firm. It's, it's the same thing has said and everyone else has said. So I, I'm going to... Really take time
0: to read this and study this. It. That's awesome. I need, okay, I think I want one more. Okay. Cleaning, you have something to say? You're smiling. How would this impact how you read this book? And after that, uh, David is going to say something. So, yes. so, Cleaning, you want to say something? Or Riza, who wants to speak for the twins? Somebody has to speak for the twin. The twin has a prophet. Okay, so the prophet of the twin. The spokesperson. All right. How do you think what we've learned will impact you as you study the book of James?
3: Um, I think it shifts my perspective and makes me really think of how can I impact, how can I put these words into action in my life? Okay. Um, Something that's interesting that I found about James is that he was a brother of Jesus, but he never, as I was, listening it was never like he made himself equal to jesus mm-hmm. and yet he has so much submission to the cross and to god and to jesus wow um it's interesting because he has like a very short book in the bible as paul wrote all the books but yet yeah he's Paul's known more but even paul submitted in a way to james
0: yeah so that's awesome that's awesome that's awesome so I think it's powerful what she said, which I didn't even think of, is uh, James didn't really, we had to even do a little digging to know he's the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't, you know, he didn't say, you know, I'm James, the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the biological brother of the Lord (laughs) Jesus Christ. He didn't think that was something to even bring up, right? He just said, look, I am the bond servant, you know, I think NLT say I'm the slave of the Lord Jesus. Christ. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's amazing that you present yourself that way, knowing that you are really. Are you kidding me? You are like the brother, brother, like real, real. You know, I think that's powerful. You know, uh, just knowing that. All right, uh, David, do you have something? Yes, um,
4: I resonate more with what Maya was said. Everyone said wonderful thing. What Maya was said. Um, just knowing what James is, is is actually, you know, people do think, which I could be wrong, that when you want to deepen your faith in the Word of God, you go to the Book of Hebrews. But really, James is more where you could practically grow your strength and your faith when you want to really deepen your. When you find yourself in a shaky um, situations of life, okay. where your faith is withering, I think James. The
0: person that actually encourages you more in that aspect. Okay. So how will your, the background where you didn't answer my question? All right. And I'm not going to let you go with that. All right. You just you You're like one of those students that will just set their own question and answer it. I don't like the question this professor gave. I'm just going to answer something that I want to answer. What we've learned now, how would that impact you as you read the book of James going forward?
4: Well, most definitely it's, um, obviously my, it's, uh, there's some things you can know, but then just sharing this tonight again makes you know you don't really know it much like you know it. Mm-hmm. And so actually it also changes my view, definitely. not just about anything, but that chapter James.
0: Yeah. Some the reason why I like some of this in my service, I think it brings me into the story a lot more. All right? It makes me feel... What is going on i mean i'm not I'm not so detached so sometimes we read the Bible because we don't get the context, right we don't know the story, we don't know the environment, we are a little removed all right we, we just read it as something that happened, but I think we get a lot more out of the Bible if we can actually put ourselves inside the page that I can just close my eyes and see myself you know as one of those believers scattered you know you know just Disoriented, dissolution, wondering, is it worth it? You know, that I'm just, now I lost my home. I mean, look at how people can't, don't even want to leave their house because of the hurricane, right? Because of hurricanes. I mean, they are so attached to their It's so hard to leave your house. It's so hard to really have to go stay somewhere. Now, people did that for the sake of Christ. I mean, like, they had to, the house, they, you know, they've lived, grandparent, parents, everybody, they now just have to... You know, hop out and go somewhere, start all over again because of Christ. Obviously, we're in deep pain. I put myself there. Then I'm receiving a letter. Wow. From the main leader. Like, he didn't forget about us, right? He cares about us. But he's also admonishing them. Look, you can be a Christian in any circumstance you find yourself. I want you to keep on the faith. I want you to be strong. I want you to be wise, but I also I want you to remember the rudiment of it. Don't don't, don't because you are far removed from Jerusalem, we still need to remind you that you need to show being a Christian with your lifestyle everywhere you go. That's the whole essence of the book. I think it puts my feeling into it and I think I can receive more because I'm more open that way. I'm not just reading it, I'm I mean reading it with my mind. I'm also reading it with my heart. Both of them are combined. And, uh, you know, just like the Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart, lie with all your mind, you know, with all your soul, you're kind of able to put everything in there, and I think you'll get more out of it. All right, we got some nice uh, contribution uh, from our online audience. Uh, very wonderful. Pastor Bimbola says, The background helps a lot knowing the relationship of the writer with our Lord Jesus. He was a disciple, biological brother, who also struggled with his own belief and rose to be a leader in the church. So he didn't start as a believer, and he rose to become a very, very firm, a strong believer. So that's very good. Um, uh, uh, brother Amos said, I will, I will pay attention more to his authoritative writing. Faith without work is dead. Awesome. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, Joseph's obese oh, brother Joseph said, This is a deep theology, theology class, Apostle James' book. James applies the teachings of Jesus, especially the Sermon on the Mount, to everyday life. It explains what a life of obedience to Christ looks like. The background gives me, said, the, the, the background gives me a clear picture of James and his status in the society, and a blueprint of how to navigate today's world. Wow. Pastor Paul said, what humility. Half-brother of Christ describes himself as his slave. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Half-brother of Christ describes himself as his slave. So that's what we learned. Now we have like maybe five minutes. All right, I have five minutes. I'm going to go through... How does the book of James apply to my life? Uh, Number one, it gives practical wisdom to encourage Christians in a variety of life circumstances. You know, we're going to go through these for the next nine more weeks, right? Yeah, it's ten weeks. After today, it's nine more weeks. No, (laughs) No, it's ten weeks all together. Today is one. We have nine more after today. (laughs) You're arguing with me. I made the rule. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, all right. He gives practical wisdom to encourage Christians. He encourages Christians to persevere in humility, kindness, patience, and wisdom. These are some of the things we're going to find out. He teaches the right relationship between faith and good works in the life of a Christian, because sometimes people were struggling with that. It serves as a how-to guide for Christians dealing with oppression, trials, and the world. It provides advice regarding several areas of Christian life, urging Christians to mature in their faith. Several areas, you know, the use of our tongue, you know, how to respond, how lowly, you know, how people empower. He even talked about how to cheat people, how not to show favoritism. Uh, I mean, James addressed a lot of those things. Pure religion that God accepts. James is the one that wrote that is to visit the fatherless, right, and to you know to 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 visit and the widows. I mean, James wrote a lot of things. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, <laughs> who gives to everyone without finding fault. I mean, James has a lot of one-liners. I think he will be very famous on Twitter today. If he lived in today's world, it would be very, very, <laughs> it be, because he would put all those things there, they would just catch people's attention. They are catchy, but they are powerful. They are things you think about, you know, you know about tongue, right? You know, if anyone does not offend in words, he is a, he's a true holy person, right? You know, he's really, really, uh, you know, very, very catchy, plain spoken, but very, very powerful. It explains why trial and suffering happens in the life of Christians and how to respond. It's familiarity with Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And you can, maybe we should do a little bit of that. So I need someone to open James 2.5. All right. So I'm going to start from the front now. So husband and wife, you open James 2.5, you open Matthew 5.3. All right. All right. And... uh uh Emmanuel, you open James three, ten to twelve. And I want uh Maya to open Matthew seven, fifteen to twenty. Maybe we'll do that and we can go. All right. You're gonna go, Michael? Yeah. James two, five.
6: James two five. Listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith yeah. and heirs of kingdoms which he promised to them who love him?
0: Okay. All right.
5: Matthew five verse three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, of yeah. heaven.
0: Okay. So it's just talking about how James is really taking from the you know the sermon on the mount and trying to really present it to people. So who is reading James three, ten to twelve? James three, ten to twelve. Out of the
6: same mouth proceed blessing and cursing.
0: My brethren, these things ought not to be
6: so. Does a spring send forth fresh water? And bitter from the same opening? Can the fig tree, my bedroom, bear olive? Or a grapevine bear figs?
0: Thus, no spring yield both salt, water, and f- fresh. All right. No Am I what can do? Okay. Matthew
2: seven fifteen 15 to 20.
0: Before you go, someone read, Sister uh, can read James three eighteen, 18 and Ademi, uh, Matthew 5 9.
2: Matthew 715 to 20 reads, uh, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and we thrown into that. the fire,
0: so you can just see the similarities right can you can you see that all right let's do james three eighteen
7: peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness
0: okay matthew five nine
3: blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God
0: all right, so we're going to stop there just so you can see. James, you know, is kind of really like trying to, you know, is is mirroring a lot of ways uh, the salmon on the mount, uh, you know. So it's very, very applicable. I think it's telling us how to apply uh, many of the principles that Jesus had taught us. So in conclusion, as mentioned, the book of James is a sort of how-to book for the Christian life. We've mentioned that, all right? It provides practical Uh, thought-provoking wisdom, and advice to how Christians should present themselves, though provoking wisdom, rather, and advice as to how Christians should present themselves in life, live for, and as an example of Christ in all areas of their life. It contains a lot of powerful verses and phrases that are widely quoted by believers all over the world. James is a widely recommended book for new Christians to read because it has such practical wisdom and instruction and is a book that all Christians will find valuable. So I encourage you to study this book for yourself and you will be blessed by it. So I want to encourage everyone to follow this. It's going to be nine more you know, lessons. Uh, you, know, you don't have to do a whole chapter. You're actually doing most times half of a chapter. All right, next week, for example, we're going to be doing um, uh, uh, verses 1 through 18. And verses 1 through 18 deals mostly with responding to suffering, trials, temptations. You know, we're going to cover all those things uh, next week. Uh, And I think it's going to really, really be a very powerful teaching. So I want you to really read through it. I mean, do your own research, you know, and, you know, I think a lot can come. We can really learn from each other, you know, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I think uh, we're we are blessed. How many of us are blessed tonight? <clears throat> Amen. God bless you. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful few weeks. All right, we're going to close by uh, taking our offerings, Tithes offerings.